to you this morning about the triumphant church. The Lord gave me this message early this week and came home yesterday and sorted it all out and meditated it. 1 Corinthians chapter 12. We'll just lay a little bit of a foundation first. You're going to leave here blessed today. Amen. In 1 Corinthians 12, 27 says, Now ye are the body of Christ and members in particular. Now ye are the oh, children. Want to go to children's church? Mason wants to go really bad. Okay, y'all can go to children's church. I got so excited over what I was doing that I forgot what y'all wanted to do. Praise God. They'll have a good time. If you are three years old through fifth grade, you can go to children's church. 1 Corinthians 12, verse 27. Now ye are the body of Christ and members in particular. That's real simple. We're the body of Christ. Amen. Turn to Colossians chapter 1 and verse 18. Praise God. You're going to get your Bible broke in this morning. Colossians 1, verse 18. And he is the head of the body, the church, who is the beginning, the firstborn from the dead, that in all things he might have the preeminence. See, we just read a scripture that said that ye are the body of Christ. Now we're reading a scripture said that he is the head of the body, and then it says the church. So we know that we as believers are the body of Christ, and that we are the church. Amen? And that Jesus is the head of that church. Then over to Ephesians. Turn back a couple of books to chapter 5 and verse 27. Ephesians five twenty-seven. The Lord made it plain to me this week that He wanted me to teach on the triumphant church. It says that He might present it to Himself a glorious church, not having spot or wrinkle or any such thing, but that it should be holy and without blemish. That He might present it to Himself a glorious church. We are not only the body of Christ, we are the church, but not only that, we are the glorious church. Amen. Turn to 2 Corinthians chapter 2. I told you you was going to wear your Bible out this morning, but some of you, you need to practice. Amen. 2 Corinthians 2.14 Now thanks be unto God, which always causeth us to triumph in Christ, and maketh manifest the savor of His knowledge by us in every place. Thanks be unto God who always causes us to triumph in Christ. So we're the church. We're the body of Christ, first of all. We're the church. We're the glorious church. And we are a triumphant church. God always causes us to triumph in Christ Jesus. Amen. Amen. Praise God. Turn to Ephesians chapter 2. Ephesians chapter 2 and verse 4, beginning in verse 4. But God, who is rich in mercy... For His great love wherewith He loved us, even when we were dead in sins, hath quickened us together with Christ, by grace ye are saved, and hath raised us up together, and made us sit together in heavenly places in Christ Jesus, that in the ages to come, say now, now, and in the ages to come, He might show the exceeding riches of His grace in His kindness toward us through Christ Jesus. Jesus. Praise God. Let's look back up there in verse 4. It says there in verse 4, but God who is rich in mercy. Right there the Lord God shows us His character. His character is that He is rich in mercy. The way some people act, you'd think God had said He was rich in wrath. But He didn't say, I'm rich in wrath. He said, I am rich in mercy. Amen. He is slow to anger and He is rich in mercy. Boy, I liked what Kevin said about if, you know, if, uh, if God said, uh, I come quickly and quickly has taken 2,000 years, then just think how long slow to wrath is. Just think how long slow to anger is. It's really slow. Boy, I tell you, I got a hold of that. He is rich in mercy. And then in verse 4 also he tells us, well, why he, why he did this for us. His motivation. And it says, it says there, for his great love wherewith he loved us. His motivation was love. And then in verse 7 he says, in that in the ages to come. Family, the ages to come is now. I wrote in my Bible out beside that scripture. I wrote now. Amen. That in the ages to come, right now. Praise God. He might show us. 
he might show us the exceeding riches of his grace. That word there in the King James, if you have a King James, it's shew, S-H-E-W, which means show. I, I see it like this. He said that he might show, that he might show the exceeding riches of his grace. In other words, what God said is that I can show off how good I am. God's a show off. He is. He wants to show off how good he is. He's a good God and he wants to show it off. And so who's he going to show it off with? Well, he said it right there. He said, toward us, toward us through Christ Jesus, toward us. He's going to do it toward those that are in Christ Jesus, toward us. He's going to show off how good he is and he's, we're the ones he's going to use to show off with. Praise God. Look over there in Ephesians 1 in verse 3. It says, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who hath blessed us with all spiritual blessings in heavenly places in Christ. He's blessed us with all spiritual blessings in heavenly places. There's that word heavenly places again that we saw in verse 6 of chapter 2 where He's made us sit together in heavenly places. And He said He's blessed us with all spiritual blessings in heavenly places. Amen? Look in verse 16 of chapter 1. It says, I, Paul said, I cease not to give thanks for you, making mention of you in my prayers, that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give unto you the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of Him, the eyes of your understanding being enlightened, that ye may know what is the hope of His calling and what is the riches of the glory of His inheritance in the saints. God wants you to know all this good stuff He's prepared for you. In verse 19, and what is the exceeding greatness of His power to usward who believe, according to the working of His mighty power, which He wrought in Christ when He raised Him from the dead and set Him at His own right hand in the heavenly places. There's those heavenly places again. Amen? And praise God, he's, we're in the heavenly places in Christ. Look, did you notice there? And let's read on though. Verse 21. Far above all principality and power and might and dominion and every name that is known not only in this world, but also in that which is to come, and hath put all things under his feet, and gave him to be the head over all things to the church. Remember, we're the church. Amen. Verse 23, which is his body. Remember, we're the body of Christ. The fullness of him that filleth all in all. See there in verse 20, he said that he has made Christ to sit in the heavenly places. Well, he tells us in chapter 2, we're sitting right there with him. Amen. That's your position. That's where we're at. Amen? And then in verse 21, he said, he tells about the heavenly places, he said, far above all principality and power, far above the devil and all demons. Family, we are far above the devil and all demons. He's far above them, and we're far above all the devil and all demons. Amen? Verse 22, he said there, and he hath put all things under his feet. Well, we just found out, you know, that we're the body of Christ. Amen? We just found out that he's the head. Well, family, you know, where are the feet on the body? The feet are the last thing you come to, aren't they? Isn't that the last thing on your body? If it's not, we'll come up and we're going to pray and we'll have a miraculous... We'll have a miracle this morning. Amen. And I've been believing for some creative miracles. And you need one bad if the feet aren't the last thing. Amen. No, he said our feet are the, are the last thing and we're the body of Christ. So the feet of the body of Christ, we're the feet. Amen. And he said there that he's put all things under his feet. He didn't say he'd put all things under his head, you know, right up here at his neck. So that the devil is under Jesus but lords it over the church. Right? But he said, I put, the, I put the devil under the feet of the church, under the feet of the body of Christ. The devil is under our feet. I mean, we sing that, but I want to know, do we know it? And we got them, the way we can know it is they renew our mind. Faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the Word of God. We needed to find it in the Word of God and find out He's put the devil under our feet, under the feet of the body of Christ, and gave Him to be the head over all things to the church. Look there in verse 23, which is His body, the fullness of Him that filleth all in all. The church is the, full, is the fullness of God is in the church. It pleased the Father, it pleased the Father to that the fullness of God dwell in the church. 
It pleased the Father that the fullness of God dwell in us. You've got the fullness of God inside of you. You've got the life of God, the Zoe life, the fullness of Almighty God. Nothing lacking is in the church. Amen? Praise God. Man, this is exciting stuff. Colossians chapter 2. Go over three books. Two books. Colossians chapter 2, verse 9. It says, For in Him dwelleth all the fullness of the Godhead bodily. See, in Him. And, and family, uh, Paul tells us over and over in the Pauline epistles that we are in Him and He is in us. That's our position, in Him. We're not saying we're anything on our own. We're saying in Him. We're saying in Him we're seated with Christ in heavenly places. In Him, we're the, we're, the Satan is under our feet. Amen? In Him, we have the fullness of God dwelling in us. Praise God. Isn't that right? And, and then he goes on and uses that word in, uh, there in uh, 2.9. He uses that word bodily. And remember, we're the body. All the fullness of the Godhead dwells in us. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. And when we find out we're in Him and He's in us and we know it, we've, re we've renewed our mind to it. Faith cometh by hearing. Family, we have authority. We have honor. You know, God just doesn't want to give you authority. God wants to honor you. You know, sometimes we sing, you know, give Him the honor. And we do give Him the honor. We don't give ourselves the honor. But I tell you what, over and over the Word of God says He honors us. That He honors those that fear Him. He honors those that honor His Word. Praise God. I don't need Him anyway. I brought Him up here thinking I might need Him. But I don't. Praise God. And you know what else? Triumph. He's made us triumphant. Praise the Lord. Glory to God. Glory to God. You know, that's our position in Christ, in Him, seated with Christ in the heavenly places, with Satan under our feet, with the fullness of the Godhead dwelling in us. Amen? Amen. But you know, some people, some born-again people, they've taken a position of failure and of depression and defeat. And they've taken that position of, man, we're defeated over here. But someday when we get over on the other side, when we cross that river, that Jordan River, you know, and you know, we've sang about that. We've sang songs that, that enforce that. Some of them blatantly and some of them subtly enforcing the fact that, that well, you know, one of these days it's going to be better over there. Family, if we've got our mind renewed, it's better here. It's already done. You just wait. You hold on. Maybe I hadn't convinced you yet, but the Word of God is going to convince you. Amen? You know, and whether you are victorious over the devil and over the circumstances of life depends on the view that you take of yourself as the church. What position are you taking of yourself as the church? You know, there's that position or that view that we're, we're, we're uh, defeated in this life that, you know, this life is a trial that we're enduring until we can go to heaven and that heaven will be total deliverance. There's that view that some people take. But you know, family, that totally and completely contradicts a lot of the scriptures in the New Testament, but one specifically that contra it contradicts is John 10.10 10 that says, I am come that ye might have life and have it more abundantly. I mean, we've got to throw out a whole bunch of scriptures if we take the view of that we're just that we're going to be defeated in this life, but one day we're going to graduate, go to heaven, and uh, and that's where our total victory is. No, you can well go ahead and walk into victory today. Amen. Hallelujah. We're supposed to have heaven on earth. We're supposed to have heaven on earth. We are seated with Christ in heavenly places. Jesus said, "You pray." Um, um, Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. That's His will. That's what He wants. That's what He came for. And so we're going to see that as we, we as we keep on looking at Scriptures this morning. So, you know, we have some people and some, and you know, you may have even been there yourself. I know I was, who was ignorant of your position in Christ. And so you didn't walk in your authority, but just because you didn't know you had it. Well, man, family, you're not ignorant anymore. You're not unlearned. Ignorant means mean unlearned. If you're not unlearned anymore, you know what your position in Christ is. It's just a matter of walking in it. 
It's just a matter of walking it out. And then we have another aspect is the militant church. I call it the militant church. And the militant church, they're busy right now fighting devils. They're not yet seated with Christ in heavenly places. And they're fighting devils. And they're, they're going up to the high places to fight devils. I know, you know, in the 80s, this kind of got stirred up in the body of Christ. I'm going to talk about this a little bit more in depth tonight, Lord willing. And by Lord willing, I don't mean, you know, He's not going to let us come to church tonight. I mean, I mean He's not going to change my message if He doesn't change the message. Amen. <laughs> you know, you've heard that saying, Lord willing and the creek don't rise. Well, the creek ain't going to rise and the Lord is willing. Amen. Praise God for you to have everything in the Word of God. Hallelujah. That's what my little grandmother used to say. And I'd say, Granny, he's willing. You know, she'd say, I'm going to come see you tomorrow, Lord willing, and the creek don't rise. I said, he's willing. Amen. Praise God. But that militant church, you know, in the 80s, that kind of, that, it, it was wrong. It's not, it's not New Testament. You can't find it in the New Testament. And literally, people started putting on fatigues in some places to go to prayer at church. I mean, and you know, and, and this is a, this is real, isn't it, Colin? I mean, he literally was in a church where they had fatigues in the room for them. Uh, they had a room with fatigues in it. It was a church they were borrowing to have a, they, they borrowed the building to have a meeting in. And, you know, then there was people that went up into tall buildings like the Sears Tower to get up into the high places, to the heavenly places in order to do warfare. And some people, they said, rented 747s. I bet that was expensive, don't you? to rent one of those dudes, to get up in high places. You know, it's a shame Jesus didn't know that. Bless his heart, you know, he was just not able to do all he could have done because he didn't have a jet so he could go up and do battle in the heavenlies. And Paul, it's a shame he didn't know that. He wrote half, more than half of the New Testament. It's a shame. It's just a shame he didn't know we had to go to the high places. And, and, and you know, we just... We just it, it's not New Testament. It's not Bible. It's not Bible to fight the devil. Why in the world would we want to fight somebody that Jesus already defeated? Why do we want to pick a fight with the devil? Jesus defeated the devil. And we'll, we'll study it tonight about warfare and what warfare really is. Because the word warfare is used in the New Testament, but we've taken it out of context. And we've used it to do all sorts of strange things, which hadn't done a lick a bit of good. You can wear yourself out battling the heaven, battling the devils in the heavenlies. But it's not going to do you a lick of bit of good. Because as long as the unsaved people in Tuscaloosa want them here, you know, it's really... But you know what, family? What Jesus did for you is where you walk above it. You walk above it. You walk above it. Satan's under your feet. You have to pick him up off the floor to fight with him. Amen? You have to pick him up and say, I'm going to fight with you today, devil. You're not... No. What your God's called you to do is take authority over him and walk in your authority and walk in victory and just walk in the Word of God. Just walk in the Word. It's real, real simple. It's real, real simple. I tell you what, now I even succumbed. You know, you, you, you're out there and you get to hearing, well, and you know, you get where you're, you get devil conscious and you're fighting devils and you're, and so you start binding and loosening and casting out and putting down and you don't never know really if you, if you've got it taken care of, you know, when you get in that mentality. Cause you know, well, maybe I didn't bind the right one and maybe I, I should have bound more and maybe I, maybe I didn't say it just right. And man, you're just in a tizzy fighting devils. Just walk in the word. Amen? So then there's that other church, and that's this is the church that we are. I'm not just talking about this room full of people, this church. I'm talking about we're a part of the body of Christ that is this way in the earth, and it's the triumphant church. This is the biblical perspective. that The church that knows their position in Christ, knows they're seated with Christ in heavenly places, and knows their authority. And this is the position that you are going to have to assume if you want to reign victoriously in life. Amen? Turn to Romans chapter 5 and verse 17. Those are bothering you, huh? <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> I know stuff like that does me too. I, it's like I keep noticing it. Sometimes I want to come up during the sermon and straighten the flowers and stuff. You know? 
<laughs> Sometimes I want to come up and straighten ties and, you know, do all sorts of things. Praise God. Romans 5, 17. For if by one man's offense death reigned by one, much more they which receive abundance of grace and of the gift of righteousness shall reign in life by one Jesus Christ. Family, you are a child of the King. You are a King's kid. And you are to reign in life. Reign. Praise God. Reign in life by one Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. This is good news. Thank you, Lord. You know, we're in tr- we we got to know this. We got to know that we're the triumphant church. We got to know who we are in Christ Jesus. Family, we can't be swayed off of the Word of God. We can't be swayed off of the Word of God by the lives of the devil. We can't be swayed off the Word of God by religion. We can't be swayed from the Word of God by tradition. We can't be swayed off the Word of God even by Christian music. I was thinking about that this morning. You know, there's a song. You you can get these tapes uh, and... Uh, you can get these tapes, and I think like they send them out like every other month or something like that. And it's Christian music. And you know, I know when that first started, that 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 situation where they were mailing these tapes out with Christian music out, and you can order and get on this list and everything, or you can buy these in bookstores. They were really good. I mean, oh, we used those songs in our church, and they were really good. And, I, and some of them still are. Some of them really are. I'm not, I'm not being critical. I don't ever want y'all to think I'm critical. I'm not being. I just want you to see. I just don't want you to be deceived. And you know, some Christians are just so gullible. They just believe everything that comes down the pipe. And there's some stuff that comes down the pipe. Did you know Satan teaches? He teaches. He teaches. All false doctrine is being taught by Satan. That's Satan. You know, and Satan taught some things and the church bought it. And one of the things he taught was to try to get us warring in the heavenlies. He did. He taught that in the body of Christ. And some, and some, and, and it got bought. But it wasn't New Testament. It wasn't true. It wasn't right. And it's still out there. It's still out there. You can still find it. We got a letter in the mail the other day. I didn't even know these people. It was a, a letter. We're, we're in a pastor is ordained through World Ministry Fellowship. Um, and, uh, that's, and, uh, so like, you know, we're in their book. And so, you know, people open the book and just send you mail because you're in the books that we don't know. And so these people, they were going over to Amsterdam to start a church. Praise God. I'm for that. Starting barns. I mean, opening barns. And they were soliciting, you know, funds to start this church in Amsterdam. But I noticed they signed their letter. And you know how you sign sincerely or in, or together in Christ, or you know, you might sign it love, you know. Well, they signed their letter, um, battling together in the heavenly realms. And I thought, no, I'm not going with you there. Not, I'm not together with you in that. I'm not going there. Not going to battle with you in the heavenly realms. But you know, you know, there's a song that came out on one of those tapes like I'm telling you about every other month. Not being critical, just wanting you to have your eyes open. Amen? And one of those songs, I don't even... It was catchy. It was very catchy. And it's something about going up to the high places. Well, it was real catchy, but it wasn't scriptural. I, I don't know if y'all understand this. Y'all mind if I kind of tell you some stuff and pastor you a little bit here? <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm going to anyway. You might as well. You might as well take. You know, you might as well take this medicine willingly. I've held my kids down before and poked medicine in their mouth, <laughs> and other things we won't mention that would embarrass them. <laughs> I have, <laughs> and y'all are my kids, so I can tell y'all this. But. And this is common kind of knowledge. Maybe not common in the sense that you might not have heard it, but you know in, in the circles that we run in with ministers and so forth. But you know there's music that the Holy Ghost writes. That the Holy Ghost writes that music. And man, it's got an anointing on it. 
And that music destroys yokes and removes burdens. And also another thing that it does is it builds faith. And that's the music that we endeavor to sing in this church, is music that builds faith. Hallelujah. You know, Candace sang this morning. It built my faith, the hand of faith. I tell you what, I mean, she, it actually, it really fit my sermon. Actually, I knew there was going to be a special this morning. The Holy Ghost told me. And when I was praying this morning, I knew there was going to be a special. I prayed for it, and then Deanna came, knocked on my door, and said, Candace is going to sing. And the song fits the sermon. Because I'm going to talk to you later about the integrity of God's Word, that we believe the integrity of God's Word. Family, the integrity of God's Word is enough. That's all it takes. Now, I'm still going to tell you all about the tape. Anyway... The tape, so the Holy Ghost writes these songs. But you get in a, you can, it could happen, I don't know how it happened, but you get where you've got to produce a tape every other month to send out to millions of people all over the nation, it can enter in and become a financial thing, couldn't it? You think there could be a little financial pressure to produce something there? And so, God has put gifts in people, talents. And I'm telling you what, there's some talented people out there that write some really good songs that aren't Christian. I tell you, I, you know, I was thinking this morning about the Beach Boys. You just can't deny, you just cannot deny that that is talent. Now, some of you may deny it, but, you know, you just can't deny, you know, it, there's talent there. God-given talent, it came from God, it's God-given. I mean, what about the Supremes? I was thinking this morning, you know, you can't hurry, love. No, you just have to wait. Love don't come easy. It's a game of give and take. <laughs> Praise God. Colin is embarrassed. <laughs> Man, you can't deny that. Tell me, oh, I wish I was black. I could have really sang it. You know, there's just some things you can't do if you're not black. You can't. You can't. I can't clap. I can't. I try. Oh, I wish I had rhythm. Man, I like the Supremes. I did. I don't know if they even wrote that song. They may not even wrote it. I'm not, I may have been giving the wrong person credit. But family, it's catchy. Is that not catchy? I mean, don't go by how I sang it. Is it not catchy? I mean, there's just something about it. Man, it makes me... <laughs> Amen. It's catchy. It's good. I mean, as far as it's talent. There's talent there. Right? And so there's gifts in people. So anyway, these companies... Now, this is kind of... Uh, this is just what's been said. They will go and they will just hire people because they're under pressure. Got to produce tape next month. Got to have ten new songs on that tape. And so they just hire songwriters. Come in. You Here, I'll pay you so much money. You write songs all day, every day. Well, there's people talented like that, gifted. You can do it. There's people that are songwriters. Hallelujah. We have a friend. And he's a Christian. He sings Christian music. Um, and he writes Christian music. But you know what? He writes for a lot of other people too. Country and Western music. He's rich. He's rich writing and selling him his songs. You know? He, tried, he, he, he don't put a lot of, you know... Drinking and divorce and all that in his country western songs. You know. <laughs> Y'all are looking at me funny. There's talent. There is talent. There are gifts in people. There are talents. Amen. But there is a world of difference between just going in and writing a song with your talent than writing a song in the Holy Ghost. When the Holy Ghost writes a song, I'm telling you what, it sets the captives free. It sets the captives free. You know, it might not even be, you know, music people, um, record people, I don't know what it's called now. You know, anyway, they probably wouldn't even buy some of the songs the Holy Ghost writes. I mean, we sang one this weekend. I'm telling you what, it set the captives free. Last night, my spirit started singing me that song that we sang this weekend. I tell you what, it'll never be recorded. But it was Holy Ghost. Amen. So anyway, you have these songs, and so sometimes their doctrine in them is not straight. Do you know what I mean? So we're going up to the high places. It's catchy. It's very catchy. You could get in it. But it just wouldn't be right. And you can tell. You can tell. You can tell. And a lot of Christians, because their pastors don't tell them these things, they just don't discern it. 
They just don't discern it. They just don't discern the difference. I want you to be discerning. I want you to use this thing right down in here. I'm talking about your spirit and not this thing right here. And I want you to discern. Amen. You can't, we can't buy everything that comes down the pipe. I mean, talking about buy into it. I'm not talking purchase. But why would you want to purchase anything you can't? It's like, well, I can't use this tape. It's unscriptural. I've thrown a few away. Amen. I helped you this morning. Hey, that, that medicine, you know, it, it went down easy, didn't it? It did. It really did. Praise God. Turn over to Revelation 12, 12. See, there's, we're the triumphant church. And we've got to know it because demonic activity is increasing in the earth. I'm not telling you the devil's no problem, he don't exist. I'm not telling you that. You do understand that's not what I'm saying. He is out there and he's meaner than ever. Demonic activity, you don't even have to be, you don't even have to be spiritual. You don't even have, you don't have to be anything to notice Demonic activity is on the increase. I mean, I read in the paper about two little boys, like seven and eight years old, that murdered a little girl for her bicycle. Honey, that is a demon. That is demonic. That is demon-inspired. That is demons. Amen? I mean, it's on the increase. It is. Turn to Revelation 12. 12. I'm going to show you why it's on the increase. And you're going to get, it's such good news. It is such good news. You think, well, that sounds like bad news. No, I'll show you why. Therefore rejoice, ye heavens, and ye that dwell in them. Woe to the inhabitants of the earth and of the sea. For the devil is come down unto you, having great wrath, because he knoweth that he hath but a short time. I'm telling you what, John, John wrote this, you know, just a few, I don't know, 70 years or something after Jesus. I'm not exactly sure. But I tell you what, he said then, the devil's really mad because it's a short time. And I'm going to tell you, the devil knows what time it is. The devil knows what time it is. And he has great wrath because his time is short. Amen? Very short. And you just don't even know how short you will after this morning. So we got to know our position in Christ. we also got to know Satan's position. What is his position? Well, we found out. He's under our feet. That's his position. Turn to Colossians chapter 2 again. Our position and his position. Hallelujah. God did something so good for us that it takes the spirit man to understand it. Amen. It takes an anointing to understand it. It's so big. The natural man, 1 Corinthians says, can't even understand it. But you understand it because you're spiritual. You have a spirit, you're understanding it with your spirit. Colossians 2 verse 13, And you being dead in your sins and the uncircumcision of your flesh, hath he quickened together with him, having forgiven you all trespasses, blotting out the handwriting of ordinances that was against us, which was contrary to us, and took it out of the way, nailing it to the cross, Listen to this. And having spoiled principalities and powers, he made a show of them openly, triumphing over them in it. He spoiled them. Satan's been spoiled and has been. Has been for 2,000 years. He's been a has been for 2,000 years. Amen? Well, why has he been able to do so much? Because the church didn't know it. Because the church has been religiously brainwashed instead of biblically taught. That sums it up. Religiously brainwashed instead of biblically taught. And we didn't know it. Didn't know it. He's been spoiled for 2,000 years. He knows it. Jesus knows it. The demons know it. The angels know it. God the Father knows it. And now the church knows it. Amen. Now the church knows it. Hallelujah. Spoil, triumph over. Look in chapter 2, verse 10. And ye are complete in him, which is the head of all principality and power. Family, there's not anything lacking. Ye are complete in him, of whom is the head of all principality and power. I mean, that gets me excited. Turn to John chapter 12. You got to see this. I got to show you all these scriptures. You know, I could just preach, but I want to show you in the Word. 
John 12, verse 31. Jesus said this. 2,000 years ago, Jesus walking on the earth, and He said this. Now is the judgment of this world. Now shall the prince of this world be cast out. Now! Now! That's what Jesus said. And so He went to the cross, and He died. The, Satan wouldn't have crucified Him if He had known. And He went into hell, and He spoiled principalities and powers, and triumphed over them embarrassed them, embarrassed the dog out of them. Amen. Marched them around hell, told them, it made a public spectacle out of them. Amen. They're defeated. They're defeated. They know they are. They only operate on deception and on the fact that they hope you don't know they are. They hope you don't know this. They were hoping you wouldn't come to church this morning. They tried to keep you from it. They can't keep me out of church. I got it too settled in my heart. They can't keep me from tithing. It's too settled. I got it too settled. I decided a long time ago, I'm going to base my whole life upon this. I'm not going to question it. When I don't understand it, I still don't question it. Amen? Because it's like the song said, the integrity, the integrity of God and His Word. It's His integrity that's on the line. And what He did, what He said, He will do. It's His integrity. Amen? First John 3, 8, you don't have to turn there, you know this one so well. It says, For this reason was the Son of God manifest that He might destroy the works of the devil. He didn't say, for this reason was the Son of God manifest that He might destroy the devil. Did He? He said that He might destroy the works of the devil. Amen? There's a difference. There's a difference. Jesus wanted to destroy the devil. Have you ever wanted to destroy the devil? Have you ever wanted to destroy the devil? Man, I have wanted to. And you know, there's Christians that wonder all the time, well, you know, if God was, if God was really a God... There wouldn't be a devil. I mean, they think that. They think if God was, well, you know, if God, if there was really a God, He just wouldn't let the cruel things that happen to children happen. That's what they, you've heard, you've heard that. So they take up an atheistic, agnostic, they take a stance like that. But they're just ignorant. They just don't, they just never, they didn't read the Word of God. They don't understand. Jesus couldn't destroy the devil. He couldn't because he would have been a liar if he had a. He would have broke his word. And the integrity of his word is what lets him let Satan roam this earth and do what he does. The integrity of his word. He will not break his word. He would like to destroy the devil. I want to destroy the devil. Have you ever heard anybody when they're praying, bind the devil and tell the devil, I'm just sending you to the pit of hell. I just send you back to the pit of hell. Everybody ever pray that way or heard anybody pray that way? Don't raise your hand. Don't incriminate yourself. Hallelujah. You have, Nod your head if you ever heard it and I won't know who it was. Anybody ever heard that? It's not legal. You can pray it, but it's not legal. You don't have the right. You can run him out of your house though. Praise God. You can run him off of your family. You can run him out of your church. Amen. But you can't send him back to the pit of hell. He has a legal right to roam this earth right now. Amen. Because there was an earth lease. That's the best way to sum it up. In the first chapter of Genesis, Jesus, God gives us a clue that there was a 6,000-year earth lease. He created the earth in six days. And on the seventh day, it says He rested. The seventh day represents the millennial reign of Christ, when we will all rule and reign with Christ and we will rest. The devil will be bound. Amen. And you know you've read the Scriptures of how the lion will lay down with the lamb and so forth. 
And that's the millennial reign of Christ. So that leaves six days. We know Peter tells us that a day with the Lord, a thousand years with the Lord is like a day, is as a day. And so throughout the scripture, sometimes when it talks about days, it's a double meaning referring to uh, a thousand years, like one day would represent a thousand years. And, and so in the, in the creation story, on the fourth day of creation, God created the sun and the moon and the stars. He said He created the sun to rule the day, and He created the moon to rule the night. Isn't that right? And Jesus, we know, is the light. The Bible says that He is the light of the world. And see, the light came on the fourth day. So if a day is as a thousand years, the light came after four thousand years from the time of the fall, 4,000 years. Amen? And the light, the Bible says the sun, He created the sun, the S-U-N, to rule the day. And in Malachi, the Malachi says that the S-U-N sun of righteousness will arise with healing in His wings, and ye shall go forth like calves let out of the stall. The S-U-N. He doesn't say the S-O-N. It's kind of unusual when you first see it. But then you, when you see that He's telling us something here. And so the sun came after 4,000 years. And we know that it's true that from Adam until Abraham, there were 2,000 years. And from Abraham to Jesus, there was 2,000 years. That's 4,000 years. And by subtraction, I can find out if there was 6,000 years and I subtract 4,000 years, that tells us that the church age is going to be 2,000 years long. Amen? So we have a church age here of 2,000 years. By the way, the, you notice even the implication of the sun will rule the day. Jesus is the sun, and He rules us. We're day. Amen? We're the, we've got the light of the world in us, and the sun rules the day, and we're the moon... And the moon reflects the sun. There's a lot of there's a lot of stuff you can see in here. See, really, all we the only way we get our light, the moon has no light of its own. The only way we get any light is that we reflect it from the sun, right? Amen. And so we don't have any light of our own. We have to get ours from Jesus. But the who's what does the moon rule? The night. And Satan and his is darkness and night. And we rule it. We rule it. And Jesus came on the fourth day, 4,000 years after, on uh, 4,000 years, and He's ruling the church, and we rule the darkness. Praise God. We rule. Amen. Well, so there's 2,000 years left there. Well, the church age has to be 2,000 years long then. See, so Satan knows all this. My point is, he knows. He knows. He knows exactly how much time he has. And this thing is closing down. This thing is closing down. 2,000 years has passed. I mean, family, do you know what year you live in? 1998. And actually, because our calendars are off and so forth, and y'all, I don't have time to go into that. You need to read you a good book. Get Charles Capps' book on the end times. That's a good one. Um, but our calendar is off, and we know that Herod was born in four... I mean, he died in 4 AD, and you know Herod tried to kill baby Jesus. Remember that? Okay. So because of some of those things that we know... Now, this is, this is exciting, and this is one thing that I, I did not know. Well, I did know the earth lease was up. The earth lease is already up. The 2,000 years is over. It's over. You know, in Second Corinthians 4, 4, it says Satan is the god of this world system or he's the God of this world. It actually means cosmos. It means this world system. He's the God of the, this world system. He's not does not own the earth. The earth is the Lord and the fullness thereof. The, the Lord owns the cattle on a thousand hills. It, it does not belong to him. But there was a lease given to Adam for 6,000 years, or to mankind. And Satan subleased, I mean, excuse me, Adam subleased it to Satan, so to speak. When he fell, he gave that lease over to Satan. And so legally, legally, Jesus has not been able to do anything about Satan except spoil him and put him under the church's feet. But as far as getting rid of him, he couldn't. You see what I mean? 
Look over there in uh, Matthew 8, 29. We're winding up here. It won't take long, but it's raining anyway. And it really makes this verse come to light when you know all that. Matthew 8, 29 says, And behold, they cried out, saying, Jesus here, well, let's read in verse 28, and I won't even have to explain it. And when he was come to the other side into the country of the Gergesenes, there met him two possessed with devils coming out of the tombs, exceeding fierce so that no man might pass by that way. So here we have two demon-possessed men. men, And the demons start talking. And they say, and, and it says, And behold, they cried out, saying, What have we to do with thee, Jesus, thou Son of God? Art thou come hither to torment us before the time? The demons knew. They knew. They knew it wasn't time. That the earth lease was not up. They knew that although Jesus had authority over him, they knew he was the Son of God. They knew that he couldn't send them to the pit and tell them never to come back. He couldn't do that. They had a right to be here. Well, the two thousand. This is one thing we got at this meeting. I knew the earth lease was up. I'd heard Brother Copeland say the earth lease is up. Never heard him go into, you know, much detail about that. And I don't have time to go into it a lot of detail this morning. But I just wanted to give you this little nugget. But Billy Brim said that Jesus celebrated his two thousandth birthday. First of all, she said Jesus was born on Rosh Hashanah. And then that's a Jewish holiday. Don't want to explain that either. <laughs> I'm not going to do all your research for you. And um, in September, you can look on your September calendar and you'll probably be able to see where it says Rosh Hashanah, where they uh, celebrate, the, they celebrate, the Jews celebrate. And uh, they don't celebrate the birth of Jesus. I nearly said that, but that, was, that would have been wrong. Um, and so that Jesus celebrated his 2000th birthday on September 29th, 1996. That was two years ago. And she said she was talking to us about how there were there's signs in the heaven if you know what to look for. And you know, we know in Matthew it says there'll be signs in the heavens. And that she said on that night she was flying on a plane and she was watching one of the signs in the heaven. And that she said there was, let me say this right, there was a full blood moon eclipse that night, which does not happen very often. But that there was a full blood moon eclipse, and she said she watched it from her airplane. And uh, it was a sign. It was Jesus' birthday, his 2000th birthday. The earth lease was up. Praise God. Praise God. And she said, and this is just kind of interesting trivia, she said that that night Brother Hagen was having some meetings and that Mac Hammond, now you know they weren't saying, they weren't celebrating this is Jesus' birthday. This was just in reflection how the Holy Ghost moved on that night. Um, that Mac Hammond got on top of the pulpit and danced that night. That was the night. And you know, we've heard about that all over the body of Christ. We've heard. Did y'all hear that Mac Hammond got on the pulpit and danced? Actually stood up on the pulpit and danced. Michael said, man, he must have had a different pulpit than we had. <laughs> that would be quite a tricky. You know that was the Holy Ghost, wouldn't you? Amen. Praise God. And that was Jesus' birthday. And that means the earth leases it. And what that means is, see, family, the church. Hey, we've had all. We've already been. We've already been in authority. Had the power. Had the been in rule over him for two thousand years. Just didn't always know it. But we. It's already. It's been done two thousand years. But Satan's been in control of the the economic system and so forth. Well, family, he's not anymore. God's taken back over control. And we're just living in a little bitty window of time here. From the time the earth leases up until we go into that, uh, until we're raptured out and we go up for a seven-year marriage feast of the Lamb. Y'all going with me? Y'all are acting like y'all aren't going. Well, I'm going whether y'all go. <laughs> and the earth goes through the seven years of tribulation. And then we come back and we rule and reign with Christ for a thousand years. We're just in a little window of time here. And in this little window of time, do you see if the earth leases up and Satan's no longer the God of this world's economic system, how easy it's going to be for God to get the wealth of the wicked into the hands of the righteous? And everything God has said is going to be fulfilled. Amen. Praise God. You're going to have what he promised you. 
Family, if you gave up houses, land, mothers, sisters, brothers, if you gave up those things for the gospel's sake, God would have to be a liar for you not to have a hundredfold in this lifetime. Amen? The Lord told me, the Lord spoke to me a couple of weeks ago. And He said, I want, I've been believing for a Mark 10 house for several years. Mark 10, 29, you know where it says that scripture I just quoted, that if you give up houses and land. We gave up a farm. We gave up farms to go into the, to go into the ministry. Gave them up. Walked off. I'm telling you, walked off. We gave up a house to keep a church afloat one time. Uh, to keep the church afloat financially. Sold our house, took the equity, and put the church, and put it in the church. I gave up houses. Nice house, too. And uh, so I've been claiming a Mark 10 house for a long time. And when I moved in the house I have now, um, the, the night we looked at it, we looked at it one Saturday afternoon, and that night the Lord got me up and He said, that's the house. And I was really looking for my Mark 10 house. I really was. And I didn't, hadn't found it, you know. It was like I hadn't found it. I hadn't found the house that fit the Mark 10 that, that fit the pocketbook. You see what I mean? It didn't, something wasn't matching up here, you know. <laughs> and uh, at that point. And so I said, um, no, he got me up and he said, that's the house. And he said, it's not your Mark 10 house. And I said, I know. I noticed that. I noticed that right off. You know, and I have a really nice house. I'm not complaining at all. But, you know, just there's just a certain thing. To a hundredfold from what I gave up, this just wasn't a hundredfold. Amen? Um, he said, that's not your Mark 10 house. And he told me how long I'd live in this house and how long it would and when it would be paid for. Hallelujah. Praise God. And so we went and we put a contract on the house. We bought the house. And um, so about a two weeks ago, the Lord said to me in my prayer time, He said, I want you to thank me every day this year for your Mark 10 house. Every day this year, I want you to thank me for your Mark 10 house. So I've been thanking Him. Just when I think of it, thank you, Lord, for my Mark 10 house. Now i got Pastor thanking Him for the Mark 10 house. Hallelujah. Family, it's really, I, you know, really in myself, and Pastor really, Pastor does not like to move. This house is really good enough. I really like this house. I'm really happy in this house. The, it's very, I really like this house. I really, really like this house. I wanted a two porches. I love porches. I really like this house. Really, in myself, I don't even really care if I move. I don't really care if I have a different house. But I do care that if the Word says it, bless God, it has to be. So just in as far as wanting another house and wanting to move, I really don't. But His Word has to be true everywhere. And I did, and so he has to. Because he said if I would, he would. Now, you don't give up houses and land. You say, well, I think I'll just give up my house. Well, you better just do it when the Lord tells you to. We did it under the inspiration and instruction of the Holy Ghost. Amen? You need to be led by the Spirit. Praise God. Hallelujah. Well, God's not going to have any trouble getting the wealth of the wicked into the hands of the righteous. Did he have any trouble when he brought the children of Israel out of Egypt? He didn't have any trouble getting them great wealth, did he? They were paupers. They were poverty. They were slaves. And in one day, one day, one day, just one day, it just took 24 hours, God, all of a sudden, they went from being poverty to Let's say, should we say filthy rich? Maybe that's not the right word. Just wealth, extreme wealth. One day. Now, I like what I, Linda Morse, y'all know Joel Morse's wife? She hardly ever says anything, but she's quiet. Um, hallelujah. I always wish I was quiet. You know? <laughs> I went to the dentist this week, and he, they told me I had a little mouth. I said, there's people that would beg to differ on that. <laughs> but I, it was it was really, it was like, oh, I've got a little mouth. It was so thrilling. <laughs> really, it was. I was like, oh, this is neat. Have something little, you know. <laughs> Hallelujah. Praise God. Thank you, Jesus. What was I going to say? That was all. Oh, Linda Morris. I'm winding down. I'm finished. You're the triumphant church. I'm finished. But I'm with Linda Morris. She's been telling God. Now, God, this Mark 10 house thing. 
I don't want this thing one day before the rapture, so I just get to enjoy it one day. Can we have a little time here to enjoy this? <laughs> so we all get in agreement with me that it's not just the day before the rapture we move in our new house and the next day we get raptured out. <laughs> You know, Hain and Heather, Hain and Heather Shurs, you know, our, our speakers, they built a new house. Kind of getting off the subject here, I don't know why, but. And, and, and they moved in the new house, moved in that morning. And that night went to a Holy Ghost meeting and the Lord said, you're going to Taiwan. Or where did they go? Not Taiwan. Thailand. I was close. Thailand. It's like, <laughs> we just moved in the brand new house and we're, mo and we're going to Thailand. So I don't want the Lord to do that now. Do you, but I would, I, hey, however, just long as his word's true, it is. Amen. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Thank you, Jesus. Well, we can stand on the integrity of God's word. We can lean on the word of God. Take all the pressure off of you. See, I don't have to make a Mark 10 house come to pass. I don't have to heal my body. I don't have to do it. I'm putting all the pressure over on the word of God. Amen. I don't have to supply all my needs. I'm putting the pressure on the Word of God. I don't have to get myself out of debt. You don't have to get yourself out of debt. We put all the pressure over on the Word of God. Amen? He's the one that has to do it. It's the integrity of His Word. But see, we possess the land. The way you possess the land in the New Testament... See, in the Old Testament, they possess the land with their feet. He said, wherever your feet touch and all that. You know, where the soul... But in the New Testament, we possess the land, or we possess what is ours with our words. That's how we possess it. That's how you're going to get it, family, is with your words. That's how you take possession. That's how you're going to be the triumphant church, is with what you say. You can't whine around and be the triumphant church, can you? Our whining days are over. It's just over. I just can't afford to whine. That's the only way you can't say I can't afford it, except in that instance. You cannot afford to whine. I can't. My whining days are over. My pouting days are over. My bawling and squalling days are over. It's it's I, I can't be the triumphant church and be that too. And I gotta make a choice. I gotta take possession with my mouth. Amen. Because you know, just cause the earth leases up, and just because Satan was spoiled two thousand years ago on your behalf. That means he's not going to try. Amen. He's he, see he's thriving on ignorance right now, and he and he he also thrives on. Sometimes we're not ignorant. We know who we are in Christ, but we're just flat tired and lazy. We're tired of fighting the good fight of faith. And it's like I don't want to fight this fight of faith today, and I'd rather whine because I can because I can get sympathy. Maybe my husband will feel sorry for me. Maybe he'll even take me out to dinner tonight if he thinks I'm really tired. See, I lived my life that way a long time. If I wanted to go, if I wanted to go out to eat, instead of just saying, "Can we go out to eat tonight?" which is the godly, righteous way, I figured out a way to manipulate him into it, to suggest it by, you know, whining and crying and letting out air. And, I'm so tired. But, see, you just got to make a choice. Are you going to be the victorious church or are you going to do that? Are you going to triumph in Christ or are you going to do that? You can't be both. And, you know, I found out that I got to go out just as much when I just said, I want to go out tonight. Then, you know, then when I said, when I tried to manipulate it. Amen. Amen. So you just, you're the one that decides whether you're going to be the triumphant church. It's there for us. We have to decide. And you, you're challenged on this every day. Every day. More than once a day, you're challenged. Am I going to be the triumphant church here? Amen. Or am I going to have a fit? And we mess up. We, I mean, I mess up. I have fits sometimes. But I just repent and get back in that triumph. I just repent. I say, God, I'm sorry. Just got in the flesh over there. Hallelujah. I'm not hallelujah that I got there, but I'm hallelujah that he, he, he gets us out. If we repent and we come in the blood of Jesus, family, you can repent and rise right back up. But sometimes we feel like that we have to, after we repent, 
that, it, that it's more humble if we don't rise right back up in our authority. But it's important that after you repent, you rise back Im immediately into your authority. You don't feel like it. You feel yucky when you've messed up. You feel like, oh man, I feel like a worm. God, how could I say that? How could I do that? How could we have fought like that? How could we have yelled at each other like that? We're the preachers! <laughs> Amen? But we, you just repent. And then you just rise right back up and I'm... Satan, you're under our feet. Amen? Well, y'all stand with me.